in your ear. Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. This is Josh Sprague from uh, Balls in Your Ear podcast on the Up in Your Up in Your Ear podcast network. I will eventually get good at saying that. Um, but it's funny that I made a slip because I just wanted to add a few notes before you listen to our inaugural NBA themed episode of Balls in Your Ear. Uh, Frank, my co-host, was his first time. He did not really understand maybe what was going to happen, and it's probably my fault for not prepping him in terms of uh, (laughs) controlling your voice in a house that has sleeping people, including small children. He has a new, beautiful Newfoundland puppy that uh, wanted to chime in a few times during the podcast, so we apologize for that. And also, on my end... Uh, I kept talking about Aaron Gordon to Frank's confusion, and the person that I meant was Zach Levine. I don't know why. Um, I have continuously, through both of their short careers, mixed them up for no reason. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I have nothing to say for it. But every time I say Aaron Gordon in regards to an alternative option to for the Golden State Warriors to uh, possibly pursue as they approach, approach the trade deadline... I meant Zach Levine, who's on my fantasy team and doing really well, and you would think I would know that. But that's the guy I was talking about. So anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, We'll get through all these hiccups and get Frank caught up. Uh, Pretty good debut for the rookie, and thanks for listening. All right, now on to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Balls in Your Ear, second episode this week. Uh, and this one is our first ever NBA episode. So this is Josh Sprague, and I'm here not with Solo or Dan, but with Frank. Hello, Frank. Hi, I'm Frank. They, Frank, they can't see you, so you have to speak. Ah, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> it's sure. not video. <laughs> oh, they can't, they can't see me waving. Sure. No. So I introduced you, Frank, a little bit um, on like a preview of the show, and I told the people that you watch more basketball than any person I've ever met. You also are a dad, a dog owner, and a lawyer, and you don't sleep. So uh, I figured that about covered it, right? That that about covers it. And, yeah. I got to let the dog in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're going to pause for real quick. Frank, in his first podcast, is already hitting the bench to go let the dog in. All right. All right, I'm, I'm back. Okay. All right. We're back. And um, so those are all the things I told the audience about you, Frank. But there's also one thing I told the audience about you, which was your uh, incessant need to wear a watch during our pickup basketball games oh, yeah. for years. And how everybody that that went on for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk NBA. Let's get you warmed up. This is your first show. I'm sure you're really nervous. And um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I get, so first of all, I just want to say they can't see me, but I am wearing a North Carolina hat. Carolina beat Duke on Saturday night. Just want to say, no, it's not an NCAA basketball show, but I just got to mention that. I wasn't going to tell the audience how about your fandom and how it's disgusting. So we're just going to move <laughs> on from that. Um, okay. So with that being said, Frank, I want to ask you, and I'd like to answer this too, because I'm selfish and I like to talk, which player was the first one, first player you watched when you were young that made you love the game of basketball? All right, so I, I'm, I was thinking about this. Um, so I, I'm, I'm truly a 90s basketball guy. And to the point where 
I turned 10 years old in 1990. I don't remember ever watching a single game in the 1980s. Like we're from the Philly area, you know, Dr. Yeah. J obviously was a huge thing in the eighties in Philly. And I may have watched one Sixers game where I got to see Dr. J play on TV, but it wasn't the same Dr. J we all think about when we think about Dr. J. It was already right. Charles Barkley's team by that point. So I got to say the Portland Trailblazers. Me too. I didn't know you were going to say that. Are you serious? Okay. Yeah. I, I know it. Even before, I obviously, eventually I got into Michael Jordan like everybody else, but uh, Portland Trailblazers, the combination of Clyde Drexler, Clifford Robinson, mm-hmm. those were my guys. They're, you know, fast paced game. They had a lot of guys who could score. And uh, I mean, that, that was just, that was just my jam in the early nineties. That's what got me into the NBA. I love it. And side note, I love the domestic noises going on, Frank. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you caught up where you have a, like a closet to hide into podcasts from eventually. You'll, we'll, we'll get you down. So yeah, we, apologies, uh, audience. He's a rookie making his first start. Yeah. Got a one year old <laughs> um, Newfoundland puppy behind me. Which is adorable. I'm sure. I can't see it, but I can tell it's adorable. Um, the funny thing about the trailblazers is, I also, you know, I really fell in love with basketball and like kind of just at the tail end of the 80s. Like maybe I started, I think I started paying attention to sports really in like 88, but I didn't really like get basketball as quickly as I got baseball, say, and then later football. Um, But I immediately picked up on the fact that Michael Jordan was this guy. And so the Trailblazers were the first team that Jordan beat in the finals. Right. Um, So I chose to to cheer for the team that was going against the guy because I always like cheering for the underdogs. Dude, same with me, which yeah. is amazing because everybody who knows me knows I was obsessed with Michael Jordan in the 90s. Yeah. But that, that championship. Um, no, so actually that was 92. That was Jordan's second one. He, he okay. first beat the Lakers in 91. But the oh, 92 right. championship was the last right. time I rooted against Jordan. I was rooting right. for that Portland team and, uh, and it didn't happen. But it also made me realize I'm like, oh, Jordan's the man after right. that. I was like, okay. I'm so you happy. became a full convert and I became like a, a cheering for everybody who was a, a, a challenger to the throne for the next 12 years of basketball or whatever. That yeah, his you, career you became a Sonics fan. Yeah. Obviously that didn't quite work out. <laughs> that was my other answer. It was obviously going to be Sean Kemp as I got a little older, the rain man. In, in that's that's easy. I mean, how could you not love those, those dunks? And, and I loved Larry Bird. I really loved Larry Bird. I thought, so that's another thing I was thinking. I, I didn't see, so Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, I never saw them in their prime. You know, I saw them around, around their last year, yeah. 90, 1990 or so. Obviously Magic, when he came back later, was a different player, but. Uh, the smarts were there. I guess that's what intrigued me about Bird and Magic never yeah. looked like phenomenal athletes out right. there. Like as we started seeing happen, I mean, basketball players were always phenomenal athletes, but as the game got faster and faster, slowly over time and now rapidly uh bird and magic were just like they didn't look fast they didn't look like they were dominating any guys but all of a sudden the ball would be in the hoop or in the exact right person's hands from them and you'd be like oh shit like all these guys do is win basketball games and it doesn't even look like they're doing it i thought that was amazing yeah i mean i think i saw that a little bit with uh probably the utah jazz carmelo Mm -hmm. and stockton that was the you know the the low athleticism sort of (laughs) Uh, team to beat back then. That was right. that was a pick and roll. That was just knowing exactly where to place the pass. Carl Malone was one of the most gifted, like below the rim postmen. 
postman, no pun intended. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> um, it's funny. I just saw a clip the other day. I think it was making the rounds on, on NBA Reddit or something. Uh, Baron Davis was talking to Richard Jefferson and somebody else. I can't remember who. Um, and there, and somebody asked Baron Davis, like, what was your welcome to the NBA moment? And he said he was going against John Stockton and he went out on the court and immediately he was like, oh, this guy's a lot bigger than I thought. I didn't realize that he's as big as he is. And then he said he went for like to throw an inbound pass and he thought Stockton was one angle. And immediately as the ball left his hand, Stockton shifted and got right in the way of the pass, stole it, got an easy bucket and then proceeded to like whoop his ass the rest of the game. And this was like John Stockton at the tail end of his career. And he, uh, Baron Davis said, he was like, I was so glad to see that motherfucker retire. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly how old he was, but it seemed like the guy was like a 40-year-old, like dad of three. Yeah. No, he, there's stories. He started cut. He was going to the stadium. He, he took a like, minivan. his minivan to yeah. the stadium. He's just <laughs> like this dad. He's like a soccer dad. Didn't stretch or warm up either, and, apparently. He would just like walk in, put on his short shorts, walk out on the court, and just play. And it was ready to go. It's awesome. I love it. Um, okay, cool. So we so we got a little background on Frank and myself's NBA love, but we're also both modern basketball fans, and we love the game and continue watching it. So as we're shifting to that, Frank, I want to ask you, you watch a lot of NBA basketball. You step and watch the West Coast games that I only pretend to watch. Um, what young guys this year are impressing you, either like second-year guys making a jump or rookies that you think really have a chance to be something down the line as we go? All right. Well, I guess it, not going jumping right to the the rookies specifically now, but uh, I'm I'm thinking just about young guys who've come into the league in the past few years. Um, and, and you know, I don't always make the right call of guys coming out of college or guys coming from Europe or whatever. But every once in a while, I, I see it. Luka Doncic, I saw it with that Duh. guy right away. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, so I love watching him. I love watching him in the playoffs. The uh, the bubble playoffs last year, and uh, the guy the guy is just like a, a pleasure to watch. Another guy he he doesn't look super athletic. He's just does everything he needs to do. The way the way he dribbles, the way he handles, the way he finds guys, he can shoot the three. Um, he's he's just totally in command of that team. Um, I, I I like John Morant. What do you think, John Morant? Fan. Hold on, real quick on Luca. What do you think sure. Luca's floor is? Like as uh, when he, when Luca's career is over, what do you think the worst? What what do you think the lowest level will rate him will be? His floor. I think his ceiling is top twenty player all time. I think that's the ceiling he could get to. Yeah. No, I I, I see that. Um, man, um, I mean, all he's going to crack the top one hundred, right? Like he's gonna when he retires, he's gonna be in the top one hundred. When they come out with like the twenty fifty top one hundred NBA players of all time, Luca's gonna be on it, right? Yeah, I mean the the way he's playing now, if he puts together you know at least five years like this, where he's gonna be you know at least in the MVP conversation, mm-hmm. perennial All Star kind of level, doing doing it in all facets of the game, I, I I don't see how he couldn't be in the top fifty all time. He's really so he, fun. He, he should he should start off somewhere in the top fifty, you know, as long as we see a little consistency over a few years and no no major injuries. And then you're taught. So then, before I cut you off, you were talking about my heart here. Even though I'm a Sixers fan, you know that I hold a, a deep love for the Grizz. 
and and Ja Morant and those young Grizzlies team, that young Grizzlies team. Uh, tell me about him. Uh, ja Morant, um, he's he's a, a guy who when he came out, so so I, I had a friend at work. He's he's a big Knicks fan, and uh, he was really excited about Ja Morant. Unfortunately, he was uh, snatched up right before them. They had to go with that guy um, Barrett from from Duke, who's just oh, like yeah. RJ Barrett. He, he's Who's- he's just a guy. I mean, he, he hasn't shown that he he'll be able to shoot with a high enough percentage yet in the NBA. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, I'm like, if you guys don't get John Morant, like you you really messed out. And uh, you know, and they didn't get him. They also just lost Porzingis. So so Knicks Knicks fans were uh, definitely hurting for a while there after that. Um, and have been and John Morant's a guy who he comes <laughs> in the league. He reminds me a little bit of Dwayne Wade, a guy who mm-hmm. just had, had this command uh, of the game. Like he could, he could sort of run the point. He could score in a lot of ways, not, you know, not a pure shooter, not, not a three point shooter kind of guy. Um, but somebody who I think should be, who wants to be closer to sort of a Dwayne Wade, but already he looks like he's going to be better than a John Wall type of player. Yeah, That's he's very dynamic like that. When yeah. the ball's in his hands, shit happens. Mm-hmm. I, I like him a lot, and I think that Grizzlies team just has all the right things happening. They're they're going to be really fun come playoff time again. Uh, so twice, it's funny you brought up Dwayne Wade. Two times in my life, I've been awed by like the physical nature of professional athletes. I know, and I and I say that knowing that like we often take for granted how incredible even like the worst like basketball player is there's that famous Brian Scalabrini YouTube clip where he like, like he just met people on a court who wanted to challenge him and called him trash after he like sat on the bench all season. Yeah. And he was spotting, like he was spotting guys that were like low level college players, like 11 points in playing to 21 and then beating them 21 to 11. Like it was nothing. Yeah. Like you don't even realize like the worst guy in the NBA is one of the best people in the world. So in football, one time I went to an Eagles training camp, and I stood on the sideline when they were running full contact plays. They were running plays against starting offense or starting defense. And you could stand like 10 feet off the sideline. So I was standing there and uh, Brian Westbrook and Lito Shepard, who were the two smallest guys on the field, both about like, you know, 5'10 max, maybe a little shorter than that. But football players hit each other at full speed, 10 feet in front of me. And I thought it was like fucking Zeus, like throwing a thunderbolt at the ground. I like jumped back like, holy shit. You just don't realize the speed and the power of it. And in basketball, it was Dwayne Wade. I was always a Dwayne Wade hater. I thought he was just like, he was just a scorer. I thought he was just a scorer and he wasn't a great player. And then I saw him in person and I saw why they called him Flash. I'd never, and I'd seen Iverson in person, but it wasn't until I saw Wade that I saw somebody who like, he would take like three or four steps and be down the court from one end to the other. Like it was nothing in a blink of an eye. And I was like, oh my God, now I get it. And those are the two times I've been awed. And, and, and Wade had that, and, and I watched him at Marquette quite a bit, and he came into the league really mature. So he, he, he kind of came in ready to go more than Carmelo after mm-hmm. one year, more than LeBron out of high school. Dwayne, he was a guy who was ready to go right away. And um, he had Shaq, which helps. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, that didn't hurt. But he, he had that kind of – because he had to be a leader on that, on that Marquette team. He mm-hmm. learned how to act like a guard and act like the lead scorer, and he learned – the patience with the ball. So you saw yeah. that he looked like he was slow and then he did that quick step. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and actually, speed. Uh, yeah. And De- I mean, Derek Rose was a lot like that too, uh, yeah. coming out of Memphis. He, he looked yeah. under control, didn't always look flashy, but when he needed to, 
he he put it into another gear and you actually didn't see that happen obviously until he, he eventually he had that mvp year with the bulls right. with a rock solid handle i think that's a big yeah. part of it for both yeah. of them um yeah actually i wanted to talk to about rose after as we get to the end but we're not quite there yet um so what about like what about guys that aren't obvious like i feel like moran and luca are anybody who watches basketball already knows that Morant and Luca are really good, especially since Morant really showed out at the end of last season. Uh, tell, tell me some guys like that are maybe not quite as on the radar that you, that you're buying some stock in right now. Um, thinking of some, uh, well, so th- this, this one's kind of a shock to me because I'm, I'm a uh, major LeVar ball. Hater. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, the guys that, Kind of like a, a a circus barker kind of, yeah. but uh, the dad, I, I guess I guess he ball. guess he figured it out. He uh he 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 put a nice hoop in his driveway, out in Orange County, California, or wherever wherever it is the uh, ball family's from, and he made it, it his mission to get all of his boys in the NBA. And Lamelo Ball um, is playing some great ball for the Charlotte Hornets right now. He is I, Charlotte's fun to watch. They got I love Lamelo. He does all the things that you know I love, which are like pocket passes through the paint and like weird one-handed like half court zings like during transition which you know is shit that was like candy for me um and they got this bridges kid miles bridges yeah who just like skies and it just you know that's like a running gun point guard throwing lobs to a dunking power forward is like my favorite thing in the world i'm i'm in it with the uniforms and everything i'm into charlotte i'm liking what they're doing yeah i'm i'm pretty impressed and finally um I, maybe Michael Jordan will finally succeed with that team. <laughs> he's, he's had so many, so many failures, so many botched draft picks. We'll see how that Haywood contract looks in a year or two. Cause it's not like they're going to compete in the next year or two. Right now they're just a fun team, which is a win. I think for Charlotte, they haven't had a fun team since Chris Paul left really. And they've had some awful contracts, but they have a couple guys that are fun to watch. And uh, that's, I feel like that's a win. If you're Charlotte and you have some guys that are fun to watch in 2021, you're you're taking a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. So Lamelo Ball, I'm impressed. Uh, he's shooting well, good percentage, and lo- he loves passing. You can tell he's he he loves the game. So that's that's fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so okay, go ahead. I, what, one more guy I want to mention yeah, from please. the rookie class because I you know people talk about James Wiseman. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about him. Anthony Edwards is uh, you know not looking good. He's he's not really shooting too well. Um, mm-hmm. I bet you're probably gonna gonna mention like Tyrese Maxey from the Sixers, mm-hmm. good, uh, you know, good good little pickup from Kentucky there. Um, but Patrick Williams of the Bulls, that that's the other yes. guy. Keep your eye and on White. Him. What's his name? White on the Bulls too. I like that kid, the shooter. Isn't his name White? It's the three point. He's like the guard who shoots. He just bombs threes all the time. I think his name's White. But tell me about Williams. So, yeah, so, so William, so I, I watched this guy a little bit, you know, cause I'm a big ACC basketball fan, um, Carolina fan. So I watched, I watched a little bit of him at Florida state and, and I liked what I saw. And I mean, he's, he's just a great all around wing player. He's a small, and, and that's kind of my thing. And, you know, you're more, you like a guard, you like a dunking big man. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I like the wing player, the small forward who can slash, maybe shoot too. I mean, sometimes I like a, a, a real three point specialist, but, from the beginning, I've, I've always loved a lot of those wing players in the slash. So this guy, Patrick Williams, has that all-around game from the small forward position. Um, is he a rookie? Great. 
He's a rookie. Yeah. Okay. Who was the kid from UNC? Do you remember the last tournament when UNC went on a little run, right? The, the one, the tournament before the, uh, the pandemic, didn't they go on a little run and make it pretty far? Yeah. I feel like, and they had a, they had a, a small forward that I loved and I can't, I can never remember his name. Do you remember who that was? He was like a lanky, tall kid, and he had a really good tournament run. And he was like a mid-first-round pick, I want to say. Oh, yeah. Um, I th- Yeah, you're thinking, is, is he more of a big man, uh, a little bit of yeah. a power forward? Like yeah, he he's a little close to that. But he played 3-4 yeah. kind of thing. I can't remember his name. Well, well. Yeah. obviously, I, he's not I know who you're talking about. No, he made the league. I think he was, um, I want to say he was on the Kings for a little while. Um, of course. That's where you go to die. That's yeah. I mean, they, they amass, you know, a collection of, uh, of, of good basketball players who were in the NCAA tournament over the past five years. That's basically yeah, what they do. <laughs> that is true at the expense of talent sometimes. Um, okay. So let's talk about Wiseman because Wiseman is the rookie that I'm fascinated with for golden state. He's big. He, he, he's he actually he's like he's pretty smooth in his movements for his size like he gets up and down the court pretty quick he doesn't look like his legs are going to break on him you know he's kind of like bam a little bit and that he's pretty athletic for his lankiness um game's not as polished but and he can't cover like a grandma but um but there's something about him like when he gets the ball i think he's got a little Embiid to him and that he he can do some of those step moves that Embiid is is becoming a master of now, like five years into it. Um, I like this kid's talent a lot. The question is, Frank, you're the you're the general manager of the Golden State Warriors right now. <laughs> you you have next year you have Clay Thompson coming back. You got Steph playing Can't an wait. MVP. Yeah, love, you got Steph Clay. playing MVP <laughs> level right now. You got Draymond teaching Andrew Wiggins how to be a good player, and you have the second pick in the draft from last year, this Wiseman kid with tons of talent. And then you have a top three protected Minnesota pick this year. And then it's completely unprotected. If it doesn't, if it, if it goes top three this year, next year, and Minnesota can't figure shit out. They can't even tie their shoes right now. So what, what, what do you do if you're going state? Do you sit another year and let Wiseman simmer or do you go for it? Um, you, you mean go for it for next year or, or do you, I'm, I'm saying, do no. you go get a player now? No. Do you go get Bradley no, no. Beal or, no, or no, no. Gordon from the bulls or somebody like that? No, uh, but I mean, Bradley Beal would, would ruin the, the chemistry with Steph and, uh, and clay next year. Really? Why do you say that? I cause I, I, th- I think he needs the ball more. I, I think he's, he, he's becoming a premier scorer in the league now. And, and I think he likes that role. I don't think that's the guy you you bring in there. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I I think they got enough scoring. I think what what I mean they they will when Clay's back. They obviously had more than enough scoring when they had KD too. Um, no, the, the Warriors are always looking for that other that forward or that or that center, um, some kind of guy who can do just enough at those positions to to kind of fill in the the gaps to get mm-hmm. to get the rebounds and play that. Um, play that defense in the paint when they need it against the teams that, you know, that, that have a little more strength and size than they do. Um, you know, and, and they've, and, and they've tried real hard. They've had a lot of, they've, they, I'm going back to David Lee, Andrew Bogut was supposed to be their guy for years, kept getting right. injured, you know, his foot kept giving him problems. 
Maurice Spates, you know, they tried, they tried everything. They tried, uh, um, what's his name? Mark, Mark West. Um, I mean, they've, and, and, and well, now they have ever, Kelly Oubre who can't buy a bucket. Yeah. No, no, nobody's really ever stuck at the, the forward and center position for the Warriors. They're always sort of flailing around, hoping it'll be maybe a young guy or if there's some veteran who wants to come to just kind of win a championship, if he's got enough gas left in the tank. Um, so you don't want to go get another scorer and go for like a three headed no. monster again. You're, you're no. sitting for a year. You're going to let it simmer. Mm-hmm. Interesting. For a year. Yeah. I think I'd go for B. I think I would, I would package Wiseman and a pick and say, you know, give me Bradley Beal. If it, I don't know if the money works, maybe you'd have to actually give Wiggins up or to make the money work or Ubre or whatever. But uh, I, I would be so tempted to, or, or I would maybe say, keep Wiseman and throw Wiggins and a pick at Chicago to get Aaron Gordon. And cause he's becoming a really efficient three point shooter and he's yeah, the only, and yeah. he, and he's got to get out of Chicago. He's dying there. Uh, I might okay. do something like that. I, I, I mean, I could, I could see an Aaron Gordon fin then. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see them using the, a, a guy like that. Um, Those are the two big targets yeah. scoring wise that are, that people think are going to be available come trade deadline. I, I don't know if Beal is really available. I don't know if that's just everybody thinking it should happen, but Washington and Bradley Beal don't want it to happen. So he'll just stay in Washington and put up 35 a game and be happy or whatever, not right. winning games. Yeah. <laughs> some guys, some guys are fine cash and checks and scoring buckets. You know, Mello has made a really nice career cash and yeah. checks and scoring buckets and not winning games. So you can do it. Yeah. I mean, he's been playing on the bench now consistently for the Blazers. So yeah, that's true. So, you know, he's not, he's, he doesn't seem to be complaining. So, you know, just maybe he'll, he'll kind of go the way of Vince Carter who just wanted to just wanted to keep balling. And once, once he was no longer a premier score, he's like, all right, I'll, I'll just be this veteran, get my paychecks. And uh, did Vince get a, was he on the Dallas championship team? You know, I, I think he was, I think he was. Did, did Vince get a chip? Did we get Vince a chip? <laughs> he played for 22 years or whatever. <laughs> I hope he got a chip. <laughs> I, I hope he did too. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. He, he, he never won a championship. Oh my God. That's crazy. Um, speaking of never winning a championship, uh, are you buying in on the Knicks at all? Do you think the Knicks are a team that should be trying to make the playoffs and, and, and see if they can win a round this year? Or do you think they're fooling themselves with, uh, bringing in Derrick Rose and, and believing in um, what's their power forward. I, I forget his name. I really like, I love them coming out. Randall, Julius Randall. Yeah. So I know Julius Randall is your kind of guy. He's like, I love you him. know, Ju- Julius Randall, Zion Williamson. I, yep. I like, that's what you like. And, and it's hard to find those guys who translate that kind of power game. And Julius NBA. Randall does not he's leave the, the court though. He, his, both his feet stay planted on the ground all game. There, there's no point where he jumps ever. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah i mean those guys it, it their their percentage of shots like in the paint it's like you, you just don't see that much anymore and and yeah. not in in like a uh not in like a clint capella way where you just you know getting to get an get oop forwards. because the other guy's getting all the attention you know james yeah. harden is running in or, or whoever um trey young for capella right Capella's trey, on, yeah uh, yeah now he's got trey young atlanta so. uh trey young ba- baby curry um no offense to seth curry Steph's actual little brother, but uh, anyway, <laughs> um, Seth missed like twenty three pointers in a row over a two game stretch. 
recently for the Sixers. It was rough. It was a rough stretch for him. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm going to pass on the Knicks going for it now. I mean, they their guys are so young. They they all need to kind of gel a little bit together and, and develop. So. No, I think Rose is just more like a, we bring him back home. We can sell a few jerseys. It costs us nothing to get him. Uh, like we get rid of a contract yeah. we didn't want, bring him home. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is funny. Like they're continuing I, of all the sports. I feel like NBA general managers look the stupidest more often than anybody else. When like, like the Knicks are like, let's just sign like four power forwards to $10 million plus a year contracts and just see what happens in a league where like, nobody's paying $10 million a year for power forwards. They're like, right. let's get four of them and see, let's just go and see what, and no shooting and see what happens, but it's working weirdly right now. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, what, what I'm hearing for Knicks fans is, is they they finally turned the TV back on after like three years where they, yeah. they couldn't stand watching the team. So, you know, that, that's a good start. And they're, they didn't know Randall was good. Cause um, you know, Randall hasn't been on, on high profile teams before. And they're like, Hey, this, this guy's actually really fun to watch. And, yeah. you know, if, if those other guys are good enough, RJ Barrett's going to come along too. Um, I mean, I don't think he's really anything special, but he can still be a, a decent, a decent piece of a team. He can get to the hole a little bit. Teams. That's kind of like what he came in. That was his NBA ready skill. When he came in the league was like, he can, he can drive, he can yeah. get in and, and you can build on that if, if you want to. Yeah. Learn to kick it out. Learn to to or like if he could learn a little uh of the old Chris Paul, like I'm driving in, but then I'm gonna stop right under the basket and kind of make the whole defense collapse on me and then actually dribble back out of the paint and kind of fuck up your whole flow kind of thing. If he could learn something like that, it might be really good for him. Um and and, and speaking of uh of, of rookie guards from Kentucky, um I, I mentioned Maxi earlier, the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Um, Knicks have Emmanuel quickly. He's another guy who's people are starting to look to as maybe a potential rookie of the year candidate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so he's looking good. They've, they've got some good pieces finally. Yeah. I would, that's a rookie of the year. I didn't even think of like, because Wiseman and Edwards were obviously the two guys with the most hype, but neither of them are playing particularly well in Minnesota. Like I said, is just a they're, fucking disaster. I know Cat should be coming back, but they are awful. I mean, it, Edwards is just it's it's volume shooting right now. It's it's they need somebody to score. So it's one of those situations where if you're a rookie in that situation, you're you could score more than 15 points in your rookie year. But when you actually look at everything he does and you look at shooting percentages, I mean you'd rather have the guy who's got like a solid 10 to 12 points and on good percentage is helping a team win, is getting mm-hmm. some rebounds and assists along with it. I know um, Ricky Rubio, who I think was, I, I imagine was extremely depressed to be traded away from Phoenix. Um, he, a couple of weeks ago, like early in the season, he said uh, about the Timberwolves, he was like, these guys don't know the things that you need to do to win basketball games. I was like, <laughs> all right, well, their season's over. <laughs> that's, like, that's not going to work very well. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I don't even. How old is Ricky Rubio? He's probably still like he's probably barely thirty at this point. He's yeah, been I was gonna, forever. I was gonna say he. Uh, yeah, he's, he's probably around thirty. I would I would think now. Um, and uh, I think it's fun that the Suns are continuing their little like miracle run from uh, from um, the bubble. Yeah, and they're really fun to watch. And that's a yeah. really well put together team. And uh, as an NBA like. 
as we get, we're starting to get a creep of kind of super teams that are developing. Cause you know, we have, uh, you know, the Warriors are going to get healthy, the Lakers, and of course the Nets. Uh, it's still fun to see those teams that maybe have one or two stars that don't want to leave and they just build the right team around them. Like you have in Utah, you have in like Philly that. and you have in Phoenix and it's, and, and in Boston, uh, this year, they finally, Boston's finally doing the right things. I know they're not getting the results yet, but they're putting the right kind of team around Tatum and Brown, um, to deal with Embiid basically, and to deal with, uh, the heat. Uh, it's fun to see those teams that, that are still building the like kind of homegrown, like we got this guy and we're going to ride this guy's career and see what can happen kind of thing, which, which I think the NBA is good when those teams can, can still matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like um I I was Devin Booker's a great scorer and and I think he's he's been making strides towards not he doesn't want to be a guy who just le- leads the league in scoring and, yeah. and um he he wants to have those other pieces. Um Aiton is is a real good big guy. Um the kid that they traded from the Sixers on the draft, uh what's his name? Uh the is it Bridges? It's not well, Bridges. Yeah, McCall- yeah, yeah. The guy Sixers got picked up the Villanova guy. Yeah, and, and then yeah. traded him. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, he's looking pretty good right now. <laughs> he looks really good. He's a really good. De- he's an incredible defensive player, and he can still and he can score pretty efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they got and they got uh, Dario Saric, who of course we love, the homie. And um, yeah, yeah, and your dog is uh, your dog's been pretty good. I gotta say, I'm giving him credit for <laughs> for being mildly quiet. Um, all right, let me see. What was my last? Oh, last two things I want to ask you, and then we'll 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 let you rest after your your first start. Um, the two teams that I think are the most like weirdest situation right now, but are really good teams if everything is fine, are Miami and Portland. Do you think either Miami and or Portland are going to have their shit together come playoff time, and will it be too late? Um. So I'm. Um- I'm feeling a little better about about Miami than Portland right now, mm-hmm. um, and may, it might just be a little bit of Jimmy Butler bias. I mean, <laughs> that guy is just he I mean, can he's, will he's, a, he can will a victory. He's yeah, he's he's just a gamer. He's that guy who plays with intensity, and um, but so's Dame. Yeah, yeah, D- Dame is too. But like, I, I, to me, if if the threes aren't falling that night for Dame. Um, he, he drops out of the game a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, right. I don't, he doesn't drive as much to the hoop the, the way he used to earlier in his career. Cause he's, you know, he's fallen in love with these like 40 point three pointers to try to yeah. prove he's better than Steph Curry. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so it, 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 does, it does, doesn't always work. I, I think when they get to those uh, really tough games and they need to score in, uh, in different ways. Yeah, that's where CJ you 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 want CJ healthy, and you want um, who's the the wing that they got this off season? Um, they got a good player on the wing. Oh my brain! Are you looking it up real quick? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's their wing? Oh, um, it's Covington Rocco. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Rocco. That's uh, yeah. It's funny how the Sixers end up being. Uh, a uh, an important piece of every other thing. So, yeah, that is funny. <laughs> All right, Frank. I want to say you did a great job. We'll do this again, um, maybe next week or so. We'll get you a better spot to finish to, sure. to talk from. Um, yeah. 
All right. Um, yeah. Uh, you want to talk about big men next time? Oh yeah. I forgot to bring that up, but yeah, we'll talk about uh, building a team around big men and we'll talk about whatever's uh, current in the NBA in like a week or so from now. We'll check sure. in. Sounds okay. good. All right. Sounds awesome. Good. Frank, thank you so much. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. See you. Later. Bye. Network.